Welcome to the Westside Collective, the Banneker Community Center podcast about our Bloomington community. Here, we bring the stories of our community members to life in hopes to inform and inspire. Welcome back to our podcast, the Westside Collective. Today, we have a special guest, Lysandra McCoy Shivers. Um, she is a social worker here in town, and she works for the Bloomington Police Department. I'm so glad to have her on today, and uh, just to be able to hear her story, to see her journey here in Bloomington, just to be able to talk today. Lysandra, welcome. Well, it's good to be here, Christina. Good to have you. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Mm-hmm. You holding up? Holding up. Holding, holding up. up. Yeah. Things are just changing. Um, we're going back to mask and with the pandemic and, you know, it's just a lot of transitions in life. So that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. Um, so one thing that we like to do or that we're implementing now is called um, Journey to Bloomington. Okay. And so one of the characteristics of Bloomington is that there's so many people here from all different places in the world or just even in the country. Mm-hmm. And so I like to hear people's like story. Like, how did you end up here? One is how did you end up here? And then two is how long have you been in Bloomington? Oh my gosh. Then you're going to be aging me, Christina. <laughs> you're going to give my age away. <laughs> uh, I ended up here in Bloomington in the early eighties mm-hmm. to go to IU. And I've been here ever since I came from a place called the quad cities and which is like Moline, Rock Island, Downpour, and you actually cross the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And I came here as a student back in the early 80s, like I said, and I've been here ever since, which now is dating me to be here for 40 years. Wow. 40 years. I never would have thought. You know, I hear that often. Like, they didn't think they would stay, but oh. then they stayed. No. Then, like, got married, and not, which I'm not married anymore, but I, life happened, had kids, raised my kids here, and uh-huh. this is where I'm landed. Still yeah. here for right now. Yeah. Um, that, that's really good. And it's just kind of a similar story for me, not like the marriage, but just like, I did not expect to stay. And then after, cause I came here as a student. Um, but after I graduated, I'm like, I think I'll stay here for, you know, uh, some more time. I don't know how long that time will be, you know, take well, it you one might day be 40 time. years down the road like me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we don't know yet. <laughs> never know, never know. So, yeah, I, I like to have just to kind of start off with that. But I wanted to delve deep uh, into just kind of help the audience know more about you um, as a person and the things that you do here in Bloomington. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just like introducing yourself a little bit. OK, like I said, I've been here for 40 years, raised three children here, which no longer live here. I'm a grandmother of three, three son, great grandsons mm. and um. Like I said, and then I started out in early childhood education. I was a uh, educator for Monroe County School Corporation for about 25 years. So then I went back to school. Now I'm a social worker for the Bloomington Police Department, and I'm the second one that they have hired. Uh, their first one got hired like two years ago. Now I'm the second one now, and they recently recently hired a third one in May. So um, yes, and I'm here, and I just love my job. I love what I do. I love helping people. So yes, that's where I'm at. Yeah. That's super good. Um, wow. So you were an educator. Um, like, what grade did you teach? I did preschool, early childhood education. I did preschool. I was like a preschool coordinator for the Monroe County School Corporation. also did a program with kindergartners. And in the summers, I was one of those people that were kind of in charge of running the 
adventure camp in the summers. Uh So I just love kids and I love doing that. And then, like I said, after a life change, I went back to school in education and and then realized, and then, you know, because I'm not a traditional student, obviously. Uh So it's like, it was hard to keep that full-time job and then also try to go to school full-time. And I would go to many counselors and they couldn't, they were not able to help me to figure out my schedule. So I had to kind of step away from that job and as a full-time, you know, full-time. And so then I thought about, like, as a young girl, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I always loved helping people. So then I realized, well, this is not working, going back into education. So then one day I had an aha moment. I'm thinking, let's try social work. Because I feel like most of the issues that kids have to deal with usually happens at home. Mm -hmm. There's something going on with their family. So when I got to switch over to social work, I'm like, this is where I belong. I felt like I had found my people. Yeah. So then I went back into social work, and then I did that. And then my my idea was to be a school social worker because mm-hmm. I was all about kids. So then I went into social work and did that, and then I decided to go on and finish and do my master's. And then I went back into trying to be in the school system again, and then I actually had a job before I became a police social worker with Youth for Christ. Uh-huh. And I still was going to be working with teenagers and, and young adults and stuff like that, working with kids. And then this job popped up, and this is where I landed. And oh. I love it because I'm able to help every aspect of life oh, doing wow. this job. Wow. I love it. That's nice. That's nice. That's a really cool journey to hear of how, you know, you kind of end up where you are. And I think it's a very common theme of, you know, you kind of just try things and you like it, but, like, these things just give you a springboard to the next step of, like, you know, where you, you know, I guess thrive or, or your passion or things like that. And, um, it's really cool to hear your story of like how you came to where you are right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I never thought, I never saw myself, this was not on my radar, Uh huh. but like you said, your passion eventually is going to come out through your journey and your ex- life experiences. And this is where I'm at, where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So one of the things that I, um, was interested in, and it's going to kind of lead into today's topic, which is uh, well-being and understanding how to take care of yourself. And I, I always see, I've always said that social workers, they're the ones that really do God's work, <laughs> just because how um, you really just like in the trenches, like helping people um, and whatever thing that they may need, and it's indiv- individualized, and so I respect it so much. Um I have to agree with you, Christina, because I am a former pastor's wife. So it's like I was already doing that basically before I actually got the credential behind my name. Uh So it's like that was a passion. Like I said, I just have a love for people as a little girl. My name, Lysandra, literally means the helper. So it's like I'm living out my name and my calling and my passion. So it's like, like you say, life's journeys gets you to the place where you're supposed to be exactly. Uh And I'm I'm a spiritual person. I claim to be a Christian. So I feel like God, once you seek God, he gets you on that path and journey that you're supposed to land upon. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, uh, so, yeah, like just, just hearing hearing your journey is just is really cool. Um, one thing I did want to know is, like, what is it like to work for a police department? Oh, and never, like I said, I never thought I would, this was not on my radar. <laughs> Someone saw this job and they said, you need to apply for that job. And I'm like, Really? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think you should apply for it. So they kept bothering me and bothering me to apply for this job. And I'm like, okay. And I kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. 
So when the people found out I applied for this job, everybody kept saying, this is where you belong. This is where you fit. This is good for you. Because I guess people realize you don't ever know people are watching you and what they mm -hmm. see in you. So I think people realize like you really have a love and care for and concern for people. So I applied for the job and I had the interview going in it with a very relaxed attitude. Like if I get it, I'll get it. If I don't, I don't. Mm -hmm. But I know I felt like I was going to land somewhere where I was going to deal with people. Mm -hmm. And as the interview went on, I was like, that felt good. Like, I think I got that job. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I love working for the police department. My perspective has changed because even though all these things are going on in the world with police officers and my two African-American male sons have experienced things, you know, just the way the world is set up right, right. now. But I tell you what, our local police department, I don't feel that we have any of those issues that are going on in the world. Mm. My perspective, like I said, has changed. Um, I feel like they really do care about this community mm -hmm. that they serve. And they're human beings. I, you know, I, I built relationships with some of them. Like we laugh and we have fun. Mm -hmm. We talk, and they, you know, and I'm like, we all. They might be in blue, but they're human beings like everyone else. We mm -hmm. all bleed the same blood. Yeah, we might have different blood types. Right, <laughs> we bleed the same blood. Yeah, you know. So it's like I think if some people just really gave the community, uh, the police department, a chance and get to know who they are as individuals and as a system. You wouldn't find the same things that are happening in the world as actually happening within our local, local police department. Mm -hmm. And also, it just kind of um, touches on the aspect of relationship. Mm -hmm. And when you're building relationship and when um, and how that can be important um, to have that with the people that are charged to protect. Right. Know? And, um, yeah, that just makes so much of, of a difference. Right. We just had a thing up in Crestmont. Mm -hmm. This past weekend, what the different organizations came together, like Fairview Elementary was there, police department was there, uh, the city was there, safety was there, and just watching the families come up to everyone and just watching how some of the young kids were coming to police officers, looking at their uniform. One of the police officers took his hat off and let the kid put it on his head, and <laughs> and I'm like, just just seeing that just really touched my heart to see you know going up on the hill as people call it and watching the families interact with the powers that be, mm -hmm. you know, that's supposed to serve and protect them. It's like you, they see a different viewpoint of them. Mm -hmm. And I just want us to go back to that day where we can breathe a, bridge a gap where the police can drive down the street and stop and wave at the kids and have communication with the kids, you know, like when I was a child. Yeah. You know, instead of being fearful of the police and different things like that, you know, I just want to see that happen in this community. It has to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, and I feel like it can start here. Yeah, and also, like, because just to, like, keep going on that is, uh, like, the genuine connection piece. Because one thing I've always thought, I was like, what if, um, like, a, um, I don't know, like, a system or a way to mediate between um, the police and the public or people who may be not trusting of the police. Because at the end of the day, there needs to be a structure set in place to protect. Mm -hmm, um, right. To, like, you, we you know what I mean? So like, but, um, and I'm not saying I'm want to go a certain direction, like mm -hmm. defund the police or whatever. But what I am saying is that, um, there needs to be some like trust there. Right. And, and I think a way of doing that is being able to come together and to connect and to actually genuinely hear each other. Because, uh, it seems like you kind of like had, but by working in the police department, you had a different perspective of like, cause you're in it now. Right. And it's like, and you able to know specifically the people that, you know, are serving this community. I know who's on those cars now. Like when I'm in the street or I'm at my home and I hear the sirens, I know who's in those cars now. Oh, yeah. So I have to pray for 
them and the situation they're going to that everyone comes out protected and safe. Mm -hmm. You know, and another thing about the police department, they did not have to hire three social workers. Mm -hmm. So that lets you know how they feel about people. Yeah. Because you know, some things are not criminal or some things people just need help and resources. So they put us there to help that. Yeah. So that shows that there's a caring group of people mm -hmm. that want to make a difference in this community. Yeah. And have you seen that happen um, a lot with like an increase in either like social workers or psychologists or or what have you in like police departments or? I think it's trying to be like I said, our first one there was two years ago and, and she gets on a lot of calls where people are trying to implement that into their departments. Mm -hmm. So they kind of ask her, how does that go? Her, actually, her. I would give a shout out to Melissa Stone. I just love that young lady. <laughs> but um, they um, actually um, call her and ask her, how do you get it going? Because like I said, she was the first one they hired there. Yeah. So then it's like I'm there. I'm the second one. Then they hired a third one. So we're all working together as a team. And I love how we're coming together and gelling. But like I said, people reach out to her. And she's put me on some of those calls, you know, where they're reaching out and trying to figure out how do we get this implemented into our police department. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so good, and I love how that's a, an important initiative uh, for our community. Um, and so, I mean, you already touched on it, like, what drew you to social work mm -hmm. and everything of just being a people person. And I relate to that so much because I, I, I identify with the term caretaker mm -hmm. and wanting to help and, like, having just a big heart. Um, and I think that that... You know, like, again, like, it segues to our topic of, like, when the caretaker needs care. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, we're constantly giving and, and helping uh, others. But um, I think it's so important to make sure that we're also taking care of ourselves and making sure that we got our needs met as well. I totally and, agree. Yeah. Because if you can't take care of yourself, how can you be any good to anyone else? Mm -hmm. Like I said before, I became, got, got the credential behind my name. I actually was doing that anyway yeah you know I've always been that type of person even as a young lady young girl growing up being the eldest in my you know between my siblings and like I said being an ex-pastor's wife I just always was seen like God always put me in that spot yeah. where I'm helping to helping others and want to help others uh -huh. you know so yeah I, I love it yeah and even at the Banneker Center like this is something that we try to provide for the kids here or the parents or or even just the other adults that, that come and use the space with the programs that we do. Being able to self-actualize, self-actualize to your greatest potential. But a lot of that happens when you take care of yourself. Right. And, you know what I mean? Whether Whatever that thing is for you, whether it is playing basketball or like to release stress or whether that's crafts or, or what have you, you have to you have to know what what you need and then provide that. So do you experience, I want to text you, um, like, do you experience burnout? What is that like for you? And, you know, how do you care for yourself? Okay. Before I answer that question, I have to get a shout out to Mr. Eric and Ms. Corey, you know, cause I, one of my jobs that I had part-time jobs while I was trying to finish up my master's was working here at the Banneker center okay. as a teen specialist. And I just love how they reach out to the children and try to make things better and how I connect with some of the young people and their parents, you know, uh -huh. getting to know them as my short period of time as I worked here. But as far as me spending time, I really don't try to, I don't really experience burnout oh, nice. because I try to be aware of that before it starts happening. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's good. I, I think that's just a God-given thing. You know, getting older, uh -huh. it's like you really have to take care of yourself. Yeah. So it's like before I get to that point, you know, I try to harness it in. Yeah. You know? So I believe in working on your mental, physical, and your spiritual well-being. Uh-huh. So that's, so I don't really experience it like that. You know what I mean? So... So I try to start slowing down. Yeah, and that's that's really good. 
because that also like to me that speaks on um self-awareness mm-hmm. and like being in tune with yourself you know like, how to put your yeah to put up boundaries right yeah to set boundaries in place and i want the people to like to try, try to help any, any everyone but like i said how can you help anyone else if, you, if you're not feeling up to it mm-hmm. so you have to slow down mm-hmm. you just have to slow down and i like I said, i'm a believer in jesus christ so i pray mm-hmm. i'm like god something's not right something doesn't feel yeah. right in my body and my mind is my mind is tired so i become aware of that and i try to slow down you know, and I pray and ask God, what is going on? Show me what I need to do. Yeah. So I won't experience burnout. And that's good because we our culture is the exact opposite. It's always like grind, 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 grind. Get it, get get your bag. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so um, being able to be the opposite, sometimes it's hard because of that pressure, you know. But it's so important because, like we keep saying, like you cannot take care of others if you can't mm-hmm. take care of yourself. And I'm all about that grinding, doing what you have to do, and all that. But as I get older, yeah, I'm realizing that's I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying that's just getting older and listening to your body and listening to what's happening as your stages of life you go through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you just have to slow down. You can't always do what your mind tells you to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And so it it, it kind of like goes into this theme of balance. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, go pursue your dreams, but be able to take care of yourself and and have that balance. So, how have you, like what are things that you've done to create balance in your life? Well, I feel like you have to work at it. That's yeah. something you have to intentionally work at. It. <laughs> work at it. And it's hard, you know, when you're trying to go through your day and you feel like you have so much to do, but you have to stop and intentionally work at it. Mm-hmm. Cuz like I said, I believe in his mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. So, like I try to give positive affirmations. I pray. I have things posted up on my mirror, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Set goals for yourself. And I also believe, which I'm slacking lately, but exercise too helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going through something in my life at one point in time and exercising and playing and trusting God really got me through that. Mm-hmm. Time. And listen to music. I yeah. like I like to listen to good, positive music that's going to, you know, affirm, affirm me. Mm-hmm. So things like that is how I make that balance and take care of myself, you know? Yeah. And I also believe in therapists too. Yeah. I believe in having someone that's there for you that can, cause how can I have somebody that wants to come talk to me about my issues that I can't go and talk to someone else too. Yeah. You know, so I believe in having a therapist too. Yeah. I believe in that. That just brought up a question. So can you say, state the difference between what a social worker does and a therapist does? Well, a social worker, you should become licensed and you also have to, you know, uh, pass the test for that and you have to get clinicals too and study under someone like that and the therapist mostly can you know they can prescribe medications and things the social work can, it depends on how deep you go into social work mm-hmm. you can get to that point like if you're a licensed clinical social worker you can prescribe medicine as well oh. so, it, so it depends on how deep you go into your social work mm-hmm. so but a therapist mostly you know uh and especially when you get to psychologists and psychiatrists, they prescribe medicines and they go deeper in, on the medical side of things like that. But there's a little difference there. Okay. Depends on how deep you go into social work. Okay, gotcha. And then you have your life coaches too, right? Yeah, they mentors. Can change. Yeah, and yeah. All that. I'm trying to think like one of the ways that I create balance in my life. This is something like you said. It's something you have to work on because at one point I was very got to keep working. You know, I was very work first, play later. Um, trying to achieve my goals and not necessarily realizing, Christina, you need to just sit down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Actually, sat down somewhere, not sit down, sat down somewhere. Right, right. Because <laughs> that's, that's the burnout. That's where yeah. burnout comes. It took me a, a while to realize that 
one of the things I had to do was manage my expectations. I have very high expectations for mm-hmm. myself. I understand. Me too. Mm-hmm. And so. Not a settler. Yeah. And it's like realizing that, Christina, your expectations are high key impossible. <laughs> like for the, the time constraint you're putting yourself on with um, the workload. And so it's like being able to realize what you can actually do and then realizing what is actually healthy for you, like um, a healthy expectation for yourself. Um, so that was probably a huge one. And like I said, I'm a believer too. So I do believe for with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he gives you the wisdom. Exactly. You have to rely exactly. on him. He gives you the wisdom. Like you got to use this resource to get through this or you need to sit down. Mm-hmm. But it's like listening to him and his voice and like, how are you directing me to do this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that helps with that healthy expectation because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, not necessarily putting too much on that right. I can bear. That's not a balance, time. right? That's it, an extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think also another thing that has helped me is also community and being around mm-hmm. community. And that that's also something that we try to promote at Banneker Center is community. You know, we have people of all ages and all age groups, even with our summer camps and things like that. But it's important to be around like people, um, be around supportive people. What is your experience with community? Um, how do you find community or even just like your experience with community here in Bloomington? I love community. I'm an extrovert. And I'm a people person. And when that COVID yeah. stuff hit, that was hard. I bet, yeah, that was hard. But God brought me through it. So I love when things start opening up. When you had that Juneteenth, oh uh, yeah, just seeing everyone come out, you know, yeah. especially the African American community, and just being around people again is very yeah. important, you know. And I know sometimes we can develop a community within a community, you know, our own set of friends and people. But it was just good just seeing everyone out and about when we did that. So community is very important to me, whether it's your church community, whether it's your work community, or mm-hmm. makes a big community. It's mm-hmm. very important to me because I love and care for people, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my passion. So um, I think it's important, like, even have the Benneker community, you know, just, just coming recently when they had their little end-of-the-year summer program yeah. and had the kids do things. And Miss Renee, you know, is up there, you know, helping direct things. It just mm-hmm. It's just good to see people out and about laughing and talking and reconnecting. Yeah. It's very important. You know, like I said, even what we did the thing in Crestmont two weeks ago, seeing the systems like the police and just different groups coming together. is, And we have to start somewhere, right, mm-hmm. to build harmony amongst ourselves. So I, I, I think community is very important, very important. Yeah. That's how we're going to love, and that's how we're going to grow, and that's how we're going to get to know each other. Like I said, build those relationships. Yeah. That, com- that communication amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Know each other, who each other is and are. Yeah. You know, it's very important. Stronger together than we are Yeah. Hurt. Yeah. And you know what, Christine, I was just thinking, you know, I don't I don't have to know a person just being out and about just going in the stores. We just mm. have breaks like Kroger here yeah. and just speaking to someone and saying hi. Yeah. You just don't know. You can brighten up someone's day just smiling at them. Mm-hmm. I know we're back to mask and things, but your eyes can smile at a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can wave your hands. Yeah. You know, that's part of knowing people that don't you not knowing people in the community and getting to know them. You know, that's a really good point. Today is funny because today I had an experience. One of the things that I've been trying to work on is just um, enjoying your life, mm-hmm. you know, like enjoying right now and being present in the moment. I'm yeah. all about that. Yeah. I'm all, Christina, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm no, all did. about being in the moment. Because A lot of times we get rushed and, and I'll be somewhere and I'll speak to someone or someone I haven't seen in a long time or just a stranger and I have to stop and realize I need to be in this moment with them. That's what we were talking about. 
I have to be in this moment yeah. with them because I'm like, I might never see them again. I, they, I might not be living the next day. You never know what no. could happen. So you need to be in that moment present with them yeah and focusing on what they're saying and what how you can help them and be a blessing to them yeah and a lot of times like i said we well, i gotta get down the street 10 minutes from now i'm supposed to be here in 50 minutes no this is this moment in time you need to be present uh-huh. with that person yeah because uh what happened was i was talking to i was at the store and i was talking to the lady um because i was ordering something um it was like a present um engraving you know, thing. And while I was talking, we were, I was putting in my order, but then we just end up talking, somehow talking about life. We were just saying, wow, August is going by kind of fast. And then we just started talking about just being present, how important it is to just be present where you are because life goes by so fast. Christina, one of my pet peeves is when you're on one-on-one with someone and they're on, they're looking at their cell phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Thank God for cell phones, modern technology. We need it. Uh-huh. Almost more important than our wallet because everything's on our cell phone now. Yeah. But at the same time, that communication with that person, you know, you need to like put that cell phone aside and just be in communication with that person mm-hmm. to see your face. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Sometimes we don't we don't do that yeah. enough. And like, or even just thinking about how now, like, you know, statistics show that, you know, I, the younger generation or maybe I'm a millennial, but I don't even, I don't know if it's millennial, the one after me, like they were saying statistics was showing that it's the most loneliest generation because we're so disconnected. But even like this conversation I had complete stranger, I don't know if I'll see her again, but it was such a genuine conversation, genuine connection. And I was just like, you, you, it's so important to get that. You know what I mean? I really don't know a stranger. I'm just being honest with you. That's good. I, I also, you probably because you're an extrovert too. So it's just easy. Because <laughs> yeah. I know that some people, because I'm an introvert. Mm. So I, I see some extroverts and like the way they talk to people, it's like you've known them for a while. Right. I'm like, how y'all do that? Right. But I mean, there's probably some extroverts out there. There's always exceptions to the rules, mm. but I just see a lot of extroverts like, like that too. Right. Because I can be on an airplane anywhere. I don't I don't know a stranger. Mm. So I just talk to people. I mean, I just do. Because I always think about, I, I can learn something from them. And then yeah. I might have something to give to them. Yeah. You know, so like I said, when I meet up someone, you know, I could just discern that or whatever. And just like I need to be present with them in that time. Yeah. I could say something or they could say something to me that might change life or have mm-hmm. me thinking in a different way or a different perspective on something. Yeah. Because we all can constantly be learning and growing from each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, that connection is just a vital part. It's like community, connection. It's just another element that's just very important to taking care of ourselves right and i love Um, connecting people mm -hmm. i just love it like i just love introducing people and connecting people and Mm -hmm. and spreading out you know broadening who who you know yeah i just love that yeah i really like this conversation that we're having um i do have one more question regarding wellness was like what's something in like your i like to say wellness toolkit i think we touched on a little bit but did you have anything else that you kind of do to like this is what i need like in order to my be, life yeah my life like i said you know i know this is not about god or whatever but that's my life i'm just being honest with you mm-hmm. so whoever doesn't agree with me on that i'm sorry but that's my life so for me a necessity necessity for me is praying and reading my bible mm-hmm. That brings me life and strength. Mm-hmm. And other things like exercise, which I've been lacking on lately. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, therapy. And I love listening to music. There's not a day I don't, I don't listen to music. Mm-hmm. Uplifts me. And I like reading. Um, I'm mindful of my environment. I try yeah. to be at peace. Yeah. 
and I try to bring peace. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to be peaceful at all times, and I and I, I intentionally make my surroundings pe- peaceful. And I try to be around people that are not drama. Girl, <laughs> I really seriously, I try to be around people that are not drama. Like, I want to be around people that are gonna uplift me. I yeah. uplift them. We encourage each other. We try to like, make each other's lives better. Yeah, I know people are gonna have situations in life. None of our lives are perfect. But at the same time, I'll try to be around people like, I might have a bad day, but let's try to get out of this bad day. Yeah. You know, let's try to do something to uplift each other to get out of this bad day because we all can say we all have trouble. Yeah. You know, we're born into trouble, right, adversity. Right, So it's like I try to make my environment peaceful, be around people that are like that, people that are encouraging, people that want to grow. I don't like stagnation. I don't like any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just want, I just want to be better. And I try to be a good listener to others too because i want people yeah. to listen to maybe what i might have to say yeah you know so like i said i'm about being present that moment so my toolkit is reading my bible praying you know listening to music that's three things i do every day i need to work on sleeping better but yeah rest rest <laughs> but rest is important yeah you know too rest is important for your mentality too mm-hmm. and your body yeah and i like what you said about the people you surround yourself with because I don't know, especially if you're like me, I'm I'm a um I'm like an empath. Like I feel people's emotions very strongly. Yeah, me too. So mm-hmm. I I just have to in order just to protect my energy, my mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I, I just take it on, I absorb it. And so um I just try to be very careful of the people that I'm around. And it's not to say that people are necessarily just bad. It's just like I just gotta protect myself, you know what I'm saying? I know how you and feel so, yeah. yeah, I know how you feel because I I can do that too. I mm-hmm. discern people's with their spirits or whatever they might, and they might have a bad day. That doesn't mean that's who they are. Yeah, it's just that I might have met them when the, things are not going well for them. Yeah, so I'm sensitive to that. So being sympath, having sympathy and empathy for that, I try to how can I make the situation better for them? Mm-hmm. You know, I try to, and, but then if it's a person that wants to live in that, and that's just who they are too. I mean, I try to help them, but that's not someone I'm going to be around all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel that. So, um, I really like this conversation. I thought we, we just went so many different <laughs> places. We just really covered a lot today. And um, just being able to hear, you know, your story and where you come from. Um, I just had one more question. Okay. I wanted to know, you've been here for 40 Girl, one day I said to somebody, <laughs> I think I've been here for 30 years. They said, uh, you better do the math. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've been in this place Almost 40 years. Oh, wow. I want to know, what is your greatest memory being in Bloomington? You know what? Bringing people together. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, past is past. It's time to move forward. I understand all that. But at the same time, I can't not take away that me and my ex had started a church here, and we had it for 18 years. Oh, wow. And the greatest memory for me was bringing a group of people together under one roof yeah. and, and growing in love and our experience with God. And watching people change, lives change. Yeah. That was a good memory for me. Uh-huh. You know, like I said, that was past and I'm moving on to something different. But at the same time, that was one of my greatest moments because I still see some of those same people striving to do good in their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those same people that that we impacted and that are that have changed and grown. Yeah. That was a good memory. And then my raising my kids here was kind of challenging. But at the same time, they had good memories. They were athletes and just seeing how People look to them and just that was some of my great memories. One time my son, um, and, you know, raising kids, you don't never know. Like you train them a certain way in the house. You don't never know when they're away from you. Mm-hmm. And I remember my son um, played basketball 
And the student body would dress, when you were a senior, they were dressed according to how they looked at your personality. Oh. So, so my son, when uh, he was a senior, and it was his, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was one Friday was his day, game day. So they all dressed in like preaching robes and choir robes. And every time he made a shot, they were saying, they were saying, Amazing Grace. <laughs> and that was like, and for him, he probably don't remember that. But for me, that was a good memory for, as a parent, seeing like, okay, what I'm, I'm raising my child is helping them, you know. Oh, yeah. So some of those great memories for me was good because they, like I said, they had challenging moments here in Bloomington being African-American males and things like that, you yeah. know. But And then just seeing some of the kids, too, that um, um, that I had way back then, and now they're, like, in their late 20s. Matter of fact, <laughs> working for the police department one day, I looked up, and this young man said, Miss McCoy, I had him in kindergarten. Really? Yes, and he's an officer now. Wow, so it's like full circle. Full circle. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I guess I have been in Bloomington that long. Yeah. But, I, but you know, I look at that young man, I'm like, he's the same as he was then, a good-little kid, and look at him now trying to protect and serve yeah. this community. So it's just, I have, yeah, I have some, them are some of the stories that stick out with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so, that's so cool. And I think it's really cool, because, like, as some, I've been here probably going on three years now, but um, actually three years tomorrow. Oh, wow. Interesting. Enough. But it's just cute. Uh, you have 37 more years to go. Right. <laughs> you know, just to hear, like, someone who's been here uh, longer, just to hear their story. So uh, that was really good. I just want to, um, we're going to wrap it up, but I just want to say thank you for coming. I really appreciate uh, hearing um, your story and just, like, just telling me about, you know, your experience here in Bloomington with Banneker and, like, how, your connection. And so, it, I enjoyed speaking with you too, Christina. You're a pleasant young lady. Oh, thank you. Such a sweet spirit. <laughs> thank you. That was an episode on taking care of ourselves, which is so important. Just tune in next time for our next episode.